Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Okay, thank you so much for joining us. I am Kelly Lewis, and I am so excited to be launching this new podcast for the Tourpreneur community, talking to women entrepreneurs in the travel space. This is an area that I am super passionate about. Um, I love to support other female entrepreneurs, specifically in the travel and tour space, where we are vastly underrepresented. And I think that entrepreneurship has such an amazing potential to change our lives. And, you know, that statistic where it's like, if you support a woman, she'll support five others. So I think it's really great what we're doing here. Are you interested in adding multi-day to your day tour business? Are you looking to understand growth and scale strategies in the multi-day world? Looking to finally crack the technology stack you need to organize, automate, and grow your business? Then join Tourpreneur in Seville, Spain for Tourpreneur Connect, sponsored by We Travel, November 27th to 30th, 2023, for an event unlike any other in our industry. Open to strictly 100 operators. Pete, Mitch, Chris, and other industry experts will guide you through the do's, don'ts, twists, and turns of running a multi-day tour business. Not only that, Tourpreneur are giving back as we will be bringing in local suppliers and businesses to help us run the event. We're also opening up the event to a number of locally based tour operators who can attend for free. So join Tourpreneur in Seville for Connect, November 27th to 30th, 2023, and join us for an unforgettable experience of learning and connection in one of Europe's most unforgettable cities. Visit tourpreneur.com connect for more info. And I'm so excited to have our first guest of this season, Justa Lujwangana. I'm going to say that one more time. <laughs> Justa Lujwangana of Curious on Tanzania. Justa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so, so much. I'm super excited to be here. I think it's almost like 10 years in the making. So <laughs> I'm happy to have this one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. It really is. I am so excited about it. And I really, I was saying earlier, you know, I just really want to know more about your business, but more specifically about you. So could you give us an introduction to you and a little bit about your background? Um. Oh my God, where do I start? <laughs> I feel like I've been going for the last 10 years. I've been going on this roller coaster. Um, but I am Justa Lujuangana. I was born and raised in Tanzania, East Africa. I moved to the United States at the age of 12. Um, and from the age of 12 until now, I kept on missing my home country. Um, but while I was here in the U.S., my mom always embedded into us not to ever forget home. 
and we did everything Tanzanian in the house, including if you look at the background of my apartment, it's all Tanzanian. Uh, but she always reminded us of who we are, where we come from, and never to forget it, and always to find ways of how to give back. Um, so I did a lot, including from like showcasing our culture, from dancing um, to doing a little bit of like drama to like just going anywhere where I could be able to share more about our cultures um, from Tanzania and about more about their country. I was that person who was always wishing to do because my mom was the first ambassador um, for, for us to always remember where we come from. So everything I do is because of like my mom instilled into this, this into us, like you must remember where you come from. Um, and so from there, um, at the age of 12, moving to the United States and meeting this, like it's a melting pot of like cultures, like cultures from everywhere. Like you have the Caribbeans who are coming up with various cultures. You have people from Europe. You have people from like um, the Philippines, let me say, from Asia. People coming from everywhere. And when you come to New York, you're able to meet all those people. Um, so being immersed in all these various cultures, I kept on looking around and I'm like, where is Tanzania? Like I just hear everybody saying Africa, but like Africa is a continent. It needs to be dissected in these stories need to be told and like our mom again kept on saying that to us like Tanzania Tanzania you have to remember your culture I came here when I was young I could have forgot about all about who I am my culture and everything but since my mom embedded into us that and she was the first ambassador in my in, in my view I felt like I needed to take that um that light and just keep on passing it on I had to take the responsibility of saying hey I am Tanzanian and my mom always reminded me that. So I have to keep on passing on the torch. Um, so that's where like kind of like my whole curiosity kind of like comes from. Um, I went to school um, and I became a clinical dietitian. I did all the way to my master's degree. Um, and while I was studying nutrition, I always still had that quest of like, I want to give back. I thought it was into like the nonprofits because there's a lot of nonprofits that come into Tanzania or like all over Africa. So I thought that was the journey that I wanted to take. And then I went to study nutrition. I did nursing first. And then one of my patients ended up kicking the bucket. And I was like, oh, can't be working on dead people. This is not my career. Switched it to nutrition. If you could eat, I could feed you. Um, so like became a dietitian, a clinical dietitian, did it for almost like five years. Um, and still I was working like my nine to five was way too stressful, way too much work. I only had two weeks of vacation to be able to go back to Tanzania. I was still not fulfilling that quest of wanting to give back. Um, and so I put nutrition on the side and my uncle introduced me to the world of tourism and opened my eyes to the world of what, when the tourists come to Tanzania, what they see, which is the safaris, which is the beautiful Zanzibar, which is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. But then there was still that quest of what, it, what, what's next? What is? When I came back, a lot of people were asking me that. Like, we want to experience the country the way you know it. So then I started going back on the scratch board, like, what is? What is? Um, so I've always been curious. I've always wanting to know. And so that, that is my story of, like, my curiosity, mixing with my mom, mixing it, of wanting to find a way to contribute. I love that story as an origin story because it's such a beautiful testament to your identity 
finding and discovering and sharing your identity. And also it's very clear you are driven by a need to give back, like even choosing nursing and dietitian as a, as professions. I think, I think it makes perfect sense. So when did you start Curious on Tanzania officially? <laughs> I think I started it almost like maybe I think it's 10 years now. Like I remember when I came to um, when I came to the Women's Travel Fest, that was my first um, my first festival, like a travel festival that I went to. And I had to I only had like small information. Um, and but then I had to prove a point like, listen, I'm going to go into the travel industry let me just present myself whatever I have and see where it's going to go. So I think it's been almost like 10 years, you could say. And how did the business evolve over the past 10 years? Wow. There's a lot of pivots. There's a lot of learning curves, which sometimes I'm like, what am I getting myself into? Um, the first was acceptancy. Um, just being, being able to accept that I'm going to lead this boat. And I have to put all my energy into leading the ship um, and just blocking out all the noise. Because I did have even up to family members, um, some family members extended, who were saying, um, why are you showcasing the country like that? Why are you talking about this? Why are you showcasing this culture like this? You are not supposed to do that. You are not supposed to do this. Um, but I had to find a way of kind of like, I had to, still had to follow my, my intuition and I still had to kind of insist because there was this craving of, um, that I had that was built all the way from my mom. I had to fulfill it and I couldn't ignore it. Um, but there was a lot of sayings on the back end, which I had to kind of block off all that noise. And by me um, immersing myself into um, the different groups that had like travel related to it or like business related to it, that kind of gave me that energy of wanting to seek more and continue more on building onto that quest of learning about um, the travel industry. Cause I did not know the travel industry existed at all. So like even, even the festivals and everything like that at that time, like, let me say almost like 12 years or, or like 10 years ago, it was not even there. So you're working from scratch and then the, base that I had was when my uncle introduced me to the tourism industry and made it very clear the Tanzanian tourism industry is basically safaris and Zanzibar and that's the product that was being sold and that's the product that's actually still being sold and leaving out which is almost like within the country it's probably like five to 10% of the country, what it has to offer. But then there's that 90% of experiences that I feel like is not being offered. And when I listened to my audience and the people who actually wanted to come with me on the trips, that's what they were seeking. Um, so it's, it's, it's very much, I'm learning every single day, even until now, I'm still kind of like building and learning because when you work with something where it's a plain, um, it's a plain surface and you have to build from that, you literally have to be a student continuously being a student. So I think I've always been a student and I'm always going to be a student of wanting to know more about tourism. And then from there, hopefully I could become a teacher to help others to just make that curve a little bit better. I really love what you said in everything that you just said, but I'm really thankful that you shared 
you know, that you had to get past the naysayers and people who were saying like, well, why would you do this, right? If if Tanzania is known for Zanzibar and Safari, why not just leave it there? And I think that's something that a lot of women entrepreneurs have to deal with is people who, who are probably well-intentioned, right? People who love you, but they question your decision and why you're the person to lead that forward. And so I think, I think I'm really thankful that you shared that because I think we all go through that in some capacity, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's because like I, my profession was not like, I, when I love something, I love it. Like when I was in nutrition, I even almost went underweight because like I was embedded into the world of nutrition. Um, so like me being able to just leave it, I think some people were not able, were not ready to accept that now I want to like turn my co career, like leave my first career entering into my second career, which is very unknown. Um, but people did not know people did not like, they were not ready to accept it. Now is when they say, um, Oh my God, I want to do what you do. I'm like, you have no clue what I do. <laughs> So it's, it's those things where sometimes as an entrepreneur, you just have to listen to your intuition and you just have to be around the people or surround yourself with the people who help you to get to that next level. Not even the farthest level, but like that next level. So, yeah. And you just have to refine the process, right? Like running mm -hmm. a business is like creating a recipe and you just kind of figure out what your, what your methodology is, you know? I would love to hear more about some of the experiences that you really like to showcase in Tanzania for your guests, just to, just to help them better understand the culture and the country. Oh, wow. There's so many experiences, but one of my favorite experiences is the coronary um, tours that we do. Um, so that is done in Zanzibar or sometimes we do it. It could be done in my village, which I like taking people to my village. Um, and then, because like in my village, everybody knows us. <laughs> so like, it's a really immersive experience. And like majority of our experiences are very immersive, as you would say. Um, but the coronary experiences in Zanzibar is like, actually one of my favorite because I get to eat because I'm an eater. <laughs> um, from learning about the spices um, to walking into the various like villages where the spice farms are, and picking up the actual spices or going to the um, to the markets right next door to it to be able to buy the spices, taking after learning about those spices, how they grow from its roots or the leaves or the seeds to taking those spices um, and going to a nearby, um, um, what is it? It's, um, it's, it's almost like a kitchen, like an outdoor kitchen. And then from there, using the spices to incorporate it into the various ingredients or the various foods, and you actually get to smell as, 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 um, as you grind it, um, as you do everything, you get to see how everything is made up to the point of you taking your spoon and just biting into that food that you made yourself. That is an experience of like, it's, it's really like it takes you through the whole journey. And especially, let me say, for example, a person who's coming from the United States where you don't even know, like, for example, cassava, which is, or they call it juca, which is a root vegetable. You have no clue how it's grown, how it's cooked. How can you incorporate the various seasonings into it to make it into like a dish? 
when you go in, in just like two hours or so, you could learn so much about the um, various foods that are available. And then when you come back, you could go to either like a Caribbean market or like anywhere where you could find these foods and you could cook it for like your family. I feel like that's one of like culinary classes or cooking classes are one of the best experiences that you could ever go on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually just, um, I just bought... I just bought into a business where um, we want to kind of like advance the culinary experiences in Zanzibar. So I bought a portion of the farm. (laughs) That's so exciting. No, and I love it. And like, I want to go to your village. You know, I'm loving, like, I think it's so powerful when you can showcase a place that only you know in the way that you know it, right? Because each of us have different perspectives. And there are a lot of people from Tanzania, of course, but no one that has your lived and learned experience oh yeah definitely in my village um my dad lived in my village he like even my dad was 25 years older than my mom so when we moved to the united states my dad ended up staying in a village um and we always wondered like why is my dad in a village and my mom in the u.s um but my dad died before the pandemic which was two years ago and every single year before he passed away, we, it was almost like a must, you must go see your dad. And my mom would send us off. You must go straight to the village. Um, and when we got to the village, my dad would send us off again. He's like, you have to go say hello to all of your neighbors. So we will go to all of our neighbors and you always have to take them a gift. Um, sometimes it's sugar, sometimes it's like um, rice. Sometimes it's like all the commodities, because sometimes all the way deep down in the village, maybe somebody has not um, easy access, especially when they're older, they don't have access to go pick it up and bring it. But when you come, you never come empty handed. Um, So my dad, the last two years, he was not able to walk to go there, but he would send us again to go. Um, So we used to go from neighbor to neighbor to neighbor, say hello to all of them, say who we are the kids of, um, like Mr. Lujongana, we are here to greet you and we got this for you. But that giving the gifts, it was almost like, this is what we harvested from where we are and we are coming to present this to you. So at least you get also to celebrate our harvests. Um, And then vice versa, when we go to visit them, if they grew like any beans or bananas or anything that they planted themselves, they will share that as gifts back to us. So when we will take it home, that's what we'll be able to eat. Uh, but by doing that, my, my father had the intention of like, never forget where you come from and also your connection with your community. You always have to stay connected with your community. So now when I go back home, it's very my neighbor. They actually know me by my personal name instead of them knowing me by the, ch- oh yeah, you're the child of, but now they know me personally. And that generation of like me, like right now, like last month I was in my village. I don't have to, I, I don't have to, I don't have to wait for my mom to be able to go to my village or my dad who passed away. I don't have to cut off that um, connection because I have my own connection now. Um, so that's how like uh, both of our parents kind of like had us still embedded in there. So now when the guests come to visit or when they travel with us, it's like we already had that built-in connection. And I already know, like, all of our neighbors of neighbors of neighbors, we all know them. And it makes it an easier way to kind of be able to immerse yourself um, within, like, our culture. So that's how the full circle is like. 
That is so beautiful. I love that so much. Do you have to do a lot of like preparation when it comes to preparing your guests for what Tanzania is going to be like and what their experience with traveling with you is going to be like in particular? Um, a lot of preparation. I don't know if it's a lot of preparation because I live the life 24 seven. And so when you travel with us, you literally know you're going to get yourself immersed in the cultures. Like even our social medias, usually I post like regular stuff that we do. If I, if I, if I run somewhere and, um, or go somewhere and they're dancing, I would just join into the dance. I'll dance with them. Um, somebody will film it for me and I'll post exactly that. So it's not, not that much of setting up everything. Um, but like when our clients are coming, of course, um, getting your visas, um, like all the typical, um, beginning stages of how to be able to travel those are given but like when it comes to the feeling um we just make sure especially at the airport um a lot of people usually have a lot of feelings that they hold in so when they arrive at the airport it's like you must even i tell my guides i'm like you must we must welcome them in and make sure this is the beginning of their journey and promise them they'll have a great time yeah, I think that's such a critical point. Like I always say arrival is like a trapeze, right? And it's like the moment when they let go and they're expecting you to catch them. And I think there's so much fear specifically from US-based travelers who are traveling to places um, that they've never been, you know? And I see this a lot when we go to the Middle East and I see it a lot when we go to Northern Africa. And I, I'm sure East Africa is the same way. They're just, they just, it's a different culture and they don't know exactly what to expect. But- Oh yeah, you know. oh yeah. A lot of people, I mean, even for me, when I first made my official first trip to um, to go back to Tanzania, because I think I prob we probably had like, 10 years in between of not traveling back home. But that first initial um, visit, we had, I think I probably had 15 people waiting for us at the airport, but this is typical of Africa. And when people are arriving, everybody goes to the airport to pick them up. When you're exiting, everybody's at the airport to wait for you. Um, so those are the same measures that we take when we are receiving people. Like if I'm able to make it at the airport, and say hello, because I'm like in Tanzania 75% of the time, and most of the high season, I'm usually in Tanzania. So I could be able to make that, hey, welcome, and then they take them off and go with our team and everything. But like, because that's the same experience that I got, or I keep on getting, and I know how it makes me feel. So travel has a lot to do with how you feel. So if you feel a certain way, trust me, especially when you're a small, like entrepreneur, a, a small business, you want to make sure you pass that feeling on to your guest. A good feeling, of course. <laughs> you always make sure that. Like, so the feeling of how I felt when I was getting picked up at the airport, it was like, okay, this is, I haven't been here in 10 years. I've been seeing a lot in the news on what is happening all over Africa, safety and everything in the international news. This is what is curated. And this is the news that's being told to you. Um, the curated news doesn't mean that's how the whole country is, but it's just how this news is put together. So that's where you build your fear from. But then when I was able to see my whole family there waiting for me and embraced me in joy and happiness, it was like, okay, everything will be okay. But if you have the opposite at the airport, it will be like, okay, what is happening? Let me 
I need to go back right now. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think are some of your greatest lessons learned as an entrepreneur and an owner of a tour company? I think when you have a passion, it's just like, just go for it. Just go for it. Um, take it day by day. Um, find, yeah, each day there's a, something, there's a light that's going to come out and always follow that light. Meaning if you, if you, if you are blank on something, maybe a book would tell you, maybe like social media would tell you, there's somewhere where you find, you connect the dots. So always follow your intuitions and try to connect those dots and be consistent at connecting the dots. Absolutely. So tell us how the business has grown over this past decade, because I've just been watching you from afar, just shining in all of your glory. And I'd love to hear like, you know, I know where you started and where you are now. So I'd love to hear about the growth that you've experienced over the past 10 years. Um, so, I can start there. <laughs> so it's, it's a, it's a huge learning curve, the learning curve, because sometimes it's like from the, from the exposure from 10 years ago to what is right now with the information that's available, if you compare the, the, the decade, it's like, it, it's not fair. I wish I was starting my business right now, <laughs> but like the first five years, it was alert of um, learning and trying to see what works. Um, so in terms of, let me say, um, in terms of like getting clients and um, being able to find the proper um, platform to use for, in terms of like managing um, the clients, um, the how how they're paying their payments um like all these logistics when it comes to handling the customer on the beginning portion that's a whole business in itself and it's a very it requires its own um it requires its own kind of like learning from there then for me uh for us like we also have the operations and curations of trips. And sometimes like, yes, we do use some of the trips that um, that are provided, but then we always have to create a lot of trips from grounds up. So finding um, staffing, um, finding creatives, finding like all these logistics, all of that had to come into place. And by almost like year 10, now we kind of have like a better understanding of how business should run smoothly and how we could, I could, I could almost like be in a background and just let it run um, the way it's supposed to run. But it took almost that period of time. Totally. I look back at some of the first tours that Damesley ran and I, and I just am like, oh God, it's so embarrassing. When Me I too. Because <laughs> you learn as you go. And you Me can't too. get it right in the beginning, you know? No, you can't get it right. And there was like, for example, um, one of the things when I was speaking to some of the clients, um, some of the clients I'll send them itineraries and they just run off with it. And um, I'm left, like I just spent how many hours creating your itinerary and now you're telling me you're not gonna go. But two minutes, two, uh, like um, maybe like a month later, I see you using the same exact itinerary and you're going throughout the trip. And then sometimes they end up calling me while they're in the country. They're like, oh, so how do we get this? And I'm like, um, <laughs> so it's um it's definitely a learning curve it's definitely you have to put 
um, some policies in between. You have to know how, when, whenever I fall, I always think of a way, how do I make this experience better? Um, so I always kind of go back and I, I think failures are always good because there's always ways of how to make yourself look better and just like keep on continuing on. Yeah. And it's always an opportunity for you to discover your special sauce, like how, mm-hmm. how you do what you do, who you do it for, why you do it and what sets you apart from everyone else. So, you know, failure is just a part of it. It's not, it's never really a failure. It's just a step. it's completely just a step um there's so many steps there's some nights where i used to come back home and just bald crying and i'm like what the hell am i doing or sometimes like i go on um because i like pre um checking everything so we'll go on a safari and i'm there by myself and i'm like oh my god (laughs) what am i doing here oh we would drive up like in the middle of nowhere at um like a camp somewhere and I'm the only female there and I'm like what am I doing here this is crazy am I supposed to be here but then again you just always remember um the reason why you're doing this um you have to go through it so somebody else it makes it easier for them because this might be their first and maybe their only time they're going there so you always have to make sure that you know what what they will expect so you're able to let them know about it and um yeah, and so they don't end up in the same mistakes as you. That's why you're there. You're there to kind of make sure everything is smooth, everything goes nicely. So you have to do the work. As a um, as a tour operator or as a DMC, like I have to know. Like I could take you through an experience with my client. I'm here, like for example, if I'm here in New York and my client is traveling right now, I know exactly what they're going to go through all the way through. I even probably know all the guides behind. I even know probably the chef. And I probably have the contacts of the chef that I could be able to contact and be like, hey, my client is not feeling good. Can you be able to surprise them with this and this and that? And out of nowhere, the guests would think it's just magic happening. But then it's because I have that personal touch in the back. It, it kind of is magic, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. And that's how it should feel. You know, you want, you want your guests to feel like they're having a special, unique experience that only you could give them. And- oh yeah, definitely. It's between that or if I have to use Swahili or if I have to use my other four languages that I know, I take advantage of everything. <laughs> <laughs> As you should, absolutely. Did you know Tourpreneur also has a Facebook community of over 7,000 tour operators? If you are not a member, then search for Tourpreneur on Facebook and join a thriving community of tour operators and other travel professionals all of whom learn from each other as well as from Chris, Mitch, Pete, and many other industry experts. By becoming a member, you will be notified first of any events, meetups, and exclusive content. Join the Torpreneur community today. Facebook.com slash group slash Torpreneur. So what is your vision for Curious on Tanzania for the next 10 years? Um, within the tourism industry, um, we spend almost like more than 60% of the income um, towards accommodations. So I would like to invest in um, like accommodations, like for example, in Zanzibar or in, um, of course, in my village, I want to do something like a retreat center um and then in Zanzibar which I already bought land in Zanzibar 
um, in Zanzibar, I'm looking to create like a villa. And um, a villa, actually, I already have a name. The name is called uh, Biela, um, Villa Biela. Biela means happiness. But this villa is going to be for um, creatives. Um, and you have a minimum of 15 days to stay. Um, but the reason for the minimum of 15 days, I want to bring like creatives who are working like remotely or who are working on a certain project to be able to have that quiet time, but yet time with like fellow creatives also at the same time to work on whatever project that they have. Um, it has been very helpful for me um, to be able to go from imagining something to creating it, to putting it out the world. So I would love to create an environment that allows people to do that. So that, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing more um, investing in something that is, it has more power um, compared to just like running, running trips is great, but you need to look at the whole picture and where majority of the capital is going and trying to see if you could be able to improve that way, which also creates kind of like more of a residual income and you don't have to do more of the work in the front. Yeah. And it only further establishes you as a leader, as someone that's invested in the country in the culture and in the place. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I can't keep on hanging around. <laughs> I have to be very poor. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so exciting and such a creative, um, such a creative move as an entrepreneur to say, Hey, you know, we're spending a lot of money here. How can we reimagine that? And how can we create opportunity and community in the space that we're going to consistently. So I'm so excited for you and that, that part of the journey. And I want to, I want to come stay. <laughs> you definitely, it's going to be really cool. I can't wait. It's actually, I bought crazy thing. I bought land where the opposite um, lodge, uh, it's actually villas. It's only seven villas and per night, they're spending um, almost like 1500 per night per villa. And that's, that's opposite where my property is. It's crazy. <laughs> well, the future is certainly bright. So this is the Tourpreneur Podcast, meaning most of our audience are probably tour owners or um, those who work in the travel industry. Does Curious on Tanzania also function as a DMC? Like, would you be interested in working with other tour operators to help showcase Tanzania? Oh yeah, definitely. We are always, that's like one of, I, I love B2B. <laughs> I love, because like sometimes getting a client one by one it is a business in its own. And there are some people who are really, really good at convincing people to come and be, go on a certain trip. I am good at logistics or we are good. Curious in Tanzania is good at logistics and making sure the clients are happy when they get on the ground. I've noticed that. I think that's one of the things I've noticed. And that's why I like working with like uh, business to business so we could help that. Um, the the second part of the business a little bit easier for them. So we would definitely love to work with like um, other tour operators to showcase like Tanzania the best that we know it. I love that so much. So where can we find you, follow you, and um, stay tuned to your journey? Everything curious on Tanzania on Instagram, on Facebook, um, YouTube. We have a couple of videos there. Um, but just type in curious on Tanzania. Um, you'll be able to find everything there. 
I love it. If you're curious on Tanzania, you know where to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much for this conversation and for being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story with us. I am so excited to watch the next 10 years of your journey and to see where you go from here. Oh, yeah. And um, I always have like one thing that I um, actually it's a song that I always leave um, either with my clients before they leave um, or like sometimes when I speak, I always like kind of like sing it. So I'll sing it for you guys and then I'll share what it means. Um, so the song goes. So the song is, in this world, what am I doing? In this world, how do I want to be remembered? In this world, what am I doing? Um, and this is a song I sing almost like every morning, just to remind me. I learned it when I went to school in Uganda, actually. Um, but it was just, every, it's a reminder to say, what am I doing in this world? Um, and how do I want to be remembered? So for me, when I exit, it's like, they're going to be like, oh, she loved Tanzania. <laughs> That's how I want to be remembered. So always keep that in mind. What do you want to be remembered for and do exactly that? So when you exit out of here, that's exactly how people remember you. Oof, that almost got me in tears. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. What a perfect way to end this conversation. Chusta, thank you for your time today. And we will see you next time on the Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you.